Turn to John chapter 5. Uh, this, this is a, a wonderful story. And, uh, chapter 5 uh, of John and verse number 1. After this were a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethel. Having five porches. Now, anybody know what that word Bethesda means? It means house of mercy. It is called. It is the house of mercy. It means it, it, what he's saying is uh, he went to the house of mercy, having five porches. In these days, a great multitude of impotent folks, blind, halted, weathered, waiting for the movement of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first after the trouble of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38, 30, and 8 years. That infirmity means weakness. Then Jesus saw him lying and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man said, well, Why not? Why do you think why do you think I come down here? Why do you think I'm here, uh, sitting here at the house of mercy? I want to be made whole. He said, The impotent man said, answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the hole, but where well I am coming another step down before me. He says, I, I'm here, but when the water is troubled and stirred, somebody's always stepping over me. Somebody's getting there for I am. Jesus said unto him, Rise and take up thy bed and walk. And immediately, underline it, and immediately, they didn't have to get a, uh, <laughs> didn't have to get a committee, didn't have to go out and try to buy something. It says, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Let us pray. Father, we just ask you to touch his hearts, touch our eyes, light, minds, Lord, to just uh, help us and be what we need to. Help us to uh, be mindful of the things of you, Lord, and help us uh, along our way. Lord, help us uh, to be a blessing to those in this world, Lord, that our light shine. And we just praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Jesus met this man at Bethesda. and amazing to me. Uh, there is a place called the House of Mercy that someone with a physical infirmity could get into the water. And the Bible said that, that it administered to their need. Uh, we could preach on Bethesda, the house of mercy. We could preach on that for a long time. We could preach on the pool, the stirring of the water. We could preach on that. We could spend hours and all that preaching of that. But I believe the basis of this text is not Bethesda. It's not the pool. It's not the five porches. It's not the water. It's not the angel that troubled the water. It was not the season of healing that we could have preached on because you'll find in this text, the man never got into the pool. The water never touched that man. Can I say, Jesus doesn't need a pool. Jesus doesn't need a water. Jesus just speaks. Thank you. Bible goes on and said, this man had no one to put him in the water. Jesus did not need another, therefore, I'm going to preach about Bethesda, the pool. It's unnecessary to preach about that. I want to preach on this main thrust of this text just for a little bit, 
And it's the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Who is he and what he said? Preaching on this thought, trusting in, taking up, and traveling on. That's exactly what this man did. He trusted in him. When he asked him, would thou be made whole? He says, certainly, I trust in him. And he made him. From verses 10 down to through, uh, through verse 25, the Pharisees began to question Jesus. Why would you do this? What gave you the authority to heal this man? Boy, I'm telling you, if it had been one of the Pharisees, they would have been begging. What gives you the authority to heal this man? Jesus replied to him in verses 24 and 25, This should be no surprise, because we are rehearsing for something greater to come in our lives. I'm trying to tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you think this blew your mind that I can say this man arise, take up your bed and walk, you ain't seen nothing yet. He said, look what, what I'm going to do. Verse 24, he says, verily, verily, it means, hey, I want your attention. I say unto you that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but pass through death Unto light. He said, hey, you ain't seen nothing yet. And he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour cometh, and how it now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they will hear, shall live. If you think there's something that a man can take up his bed and rise and walk away, you, you, got, you got another mind coming. There's something coming better than that. He, he, he has not the strength to rise up. He has not the strength to walk. Wait till one day when he says the grave says, hey, give up the dead in that. Yeah. Hey, the theme of the whole passage is not the pool. It's not the water. It's not the angel. And the theme of chapter 5 is the authority and the power of the spoken word of Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus is proving to these Pharisees in this text? I am who I say I am. I, I am who I say I am. Jesus is who he said he was then, and he, say, he is now the same the thing. He ain't changed. Jesus said he, was the, he is the man. In this passage, you would have the source and the demonstration of the authority of Jesus Christ. He could have did like this. He could have, in other places in the Bible, he, he touched. He touched them. He could have said to somebody else, put him in the water. Like in the four that brought the man with the paws in it and brought and laid him down through the roof to Jesus. But to prove to you the who I am that I say I am, beyond this event, there is more than the power of the presence of Jesus Christ in our life, more than the power of the touch of Jesus Christ. There is power in the spoken word of Jesus Christ. Jesus may not be here physically, but his word is. And there's power in the spoken word of Jesus Christ. There's no limit to the authority and the power of the spoken word of Jesus Christ tonight. They try to argue with him about his authority. Who gives you the right? Jesus said you should not be surprised at what you're seeing here. 
This should not take you by surprise because you religious people, you've been reading about it in the law, the book of law. It should not take you by surprise that this man who's been lame for 38 years laying at the pool of Bethesda and all of a sudden he picks up his bed and he walks away and he's praising God. You should not be surprised about that because you've been reading about this day in the book of laws. And you shouldn't be surprised about it. He said, look at verse 46 and 47. We have first, we have Moses who was written about. Verse 46. For he, for he, for had he believed Moses, you should have believed me. For he wrote of me. Verse 39 says, search the scriptures, for then them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify me. He's telling this, hey, you read about this, you know about this, this should not be surprising you because Moses have written about this day that's coming in your life. He, he's referring to the Old Testament. If you read that, you should have known the, what was going on. I am doing my Father's will. I'm doing what the Father has sent me to do. He said, Moses, if you would have just read and believed Moses, you would have believed it. What Moses said about me, this would not be a surprise to you today. Moses wrote about a conquering seed that would bruise the head of Satan, a miracle worker, a deliverer, a lamb, and you should substitute a sacrifice he wrote about the judgment and the Savior and the Redeemer and the Restorer and a mighty prophet of God. He wrote about this. You should not be surprised about what's going on. Jesus said, I am the conquering seed. I am the pastoral lamb. I am the substitute. I am the star of the Jacob. I am the brazen serpent in the wilderness. I am the mighty redeemer. I am the mighty restorer. I, I'm just doing what they said I would come to do. And it tells me. He said if you would have just read the first five books of the Bible. If you'd have just known that, read them. Because as the ram in the thickets by the thorn and the blood that was on the doorpost, you have known this should be no surprise to you. That I can walk up to a man to this day, take up thy bed and walk. Should not have been a surprise to you. Because the man who sent me is my heavenly father. Because if you were surprised that if I say, take up thy bed and walk, let me tell you what my father did. He stepped out on nothing and made everything. He hung the stars and moons and created everything. He spoke everything in existence. He created you. He done everything. That he stepped out on nothing and made all that you see. You should not be surprised. But in verse 47, it says, But ye believe not. You believe not on his writings. How shall you believe my word. If you're not going to believe what Moses wrote about, if you're not going to believe what Moses said, how can you believe my words? We have the man that who was weak in this text. Notice five, verse 5 and 6. We get this description of this man. He is weak. He's a man who has been in, in need of a miracle. 
The Bible said that he had his infirmity, uh, the weakness. He, he'd been at this place in his life, and it's made him disabled. And by the way, everybody here has some type of an infirmity. Every one of us here has some type of infirmity. In this text, it's more than just physical or mental or financial, a place of life where you're not well. And everybody here has a place in their life where you are not well. There are some people that are not all here mentally, physically, not all here. Some people have emotional places in their life. They're not well. I, I've gone through depressions. I've, I've battled with that. Don't ever make fun of someone that is battling something in their life. Don't ever make fun of somebody that's struggling emotionally. Don't ever make fun of him. In fact, you ought to be there to encourage him. You notice this man, he's 38 years of infirmity. He's been by the pool of Bethesda, and he can't get in because he can't get in because he can't move, he can't walk, can't do it. And all them other people around him, and they just walk over him. Not giving him hand, not helping him in. They say, hey, wait a minute. This guy's been here ever since it's been going on. Huh? And when the water's stirred, let us lift him up and put him in. Let us help him in. But no, that's the problem with a lot of Christians today. We want to backstab everybody else trying to get what we think we need. Don't ever make fun of somebody that's going through. Your greatest enemy will be your own spirit in your life tonight. Your own emotions. It, it will be your mind. You'll start thinking, I can do it like this, like I used to. But I can't go there no more. I can't do that no more. There are people that are, are emotionally weak, spiritually weak. And I've been in a spiritually weak place myself. Sometimes my faith wasn't there where it should be. And when I was wavering, I, I know that Jesus meant when he said somebody, sometimes our faith is as small, of a, even as small as a grain of the mustard seed. It takes a magnifying glass to see it. I understand that. I've been there. But I want to tell everybody tonight, whether you're physically weak emotionally weak or spiritually weak, family weak, financial weak, faith weak, whatever your infirmity is, whatever your weakness is, standing on the porch of mercy is someone that cares about you, uh, someone that wants to help you. Uh, and let me tell you what, and by the authority of the Son of God, one word from Him can change the circumstances in your life and change everything that's going around you. Just one spoken word from Him. The authority of the Son of God by His word can change the scene of your life. He said this man has had this infirmities for 38 years. I'm assuming that he had it from birth. And in those days, old age was considered 35 years old. When you was 35 years old at this time, you was considered an old man. I'm glad they moved that age up a little bit. Amen. 
So he's 38 years, he's been 38 years of this infirmity, and he's laying there, and I, I can understand, I see people walking down and waiting for the water to be stirred, and they're looking at this man, they see him on his pallet all the time, waiting for the water to be stirred, and, and to get him in, and all they're thinking is, hey, he's just an old man. He's going to die pretty soon anyway. So let's don't worry about him. Let's just step over and see if anybody else can get in there. They're not caring. Nobody cares about this man. He's been suffering for 38 years, laying on this roll, his mat, begging for food. People walk by him. Doesn't have enough strength to even get to the temple and inside the temple. He cannot get into the, uh, the pool and looks from the outside Looking in. Listen to me. You're willing to, to go through some things. Your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, your family, your church. And not even your family, not even enough emotional. Sometimes what you need is beyond what all that can do for you. You need something beyond a human intervention. Aren't you glad when you're out of family's hands and your friend's hands, the church hands, you're standing on the porch of mercy and the Savior's there. Just one word from Him can change everything in your life. You may be heading down into the valley and it may not look good. You may be stepping into a place that you should not go. You may be in a valley of darkness and you don't know which way to go. But one word from Him can bring light to your situation that you can start seeing clearly. Amen. We see Moses has written about him. We see the weakness of this man. But can I say in all that, and I want to just say this and we'll go home. We see we have a master who is working. In verse 7 and 8, you have the pool of Bethesda, five porches, and all these sick people lying around waiting for the movement of the water. Then we see the healer, the, the conqueror, the deliverer. I want to say mercy walked in. <laughs> the Bible said something about this meaning the Jews saw. He saw that a man, he said he saw him lying there. And he said, and Jesus knew, knew. Can I say this? It doesn't matter what you're going through. You don't have to tell anybody what you're struggling with, what you're fighting against, uh, what battle going in your mind or in your life or in your family. We might not know about it. You might not want to talk about it. I'm telling you, but there's someone that knows exactly what you're facing, knows exactly what you're going through. He knew. He knew he'd been there for a long time. Can I say Jesus then is Jesus now. He sees. I, I promise you that Jesus has not lost his sight tonight. He is not wondering where you're at. He's not wondering whether you hurt or not. He knows your infirmity. He knows not lost sight of you. You may not see him, but he has not lost sight of you. He sees you. His eyes is on the sparrow, and if it's on the sparrow, it is on you. 
In fact, he has never taken his eyes off of you from the time that you were born. The Bible says Jesus knew that it had been in that way. Aren't you glad the Lord sees? Aren't you glad you, the Lord knows? I, I, I've, I've learned how to smile and hide a lot of things in my life. People seem to be happy and they ask you, how, how can you be so happy all the time? Why do you smile all the time? Well, I'm not happy all the time. I'm tore up on the inside. Life might not be going the way I want it to go, but I'm going to smile because I know who's in control. <laughs> I'm going I'm to smile because I know who's got me. Hey, the devil might walk up in my ear and whisper in my ear and say, hey, where's your God at now? Look what you're going through. Look what you're facing. You're going through all this stuff. And I'll just say, hey, he knows where I'm at. His guys is on me. He sees me. He knows what I'm dealing with. I'm telling you, I, I smile because I know whose hand I'm in tonight. You, you may be coming here tonight fighting hell on all sides of you, battling problem after problem. You may think, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, there are those sitting next to you right now that you're going through things. You don't know what they're going through. But I'm telling you right now, you are in the house of mercy. Here is on the five porches, God's amazing grace. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. You may not have what gas money, and I understand the gas prices. Some places are going higher. Some places are going down. It makes you scratch your head. How can it be cheap in one place and overrated in another place? You, you may not know how, where your food's going to come out. The shelves are empty over here, and they're not empty. You just you, you scratch your head and say, I, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying the Lord knows your circumstances. He knows what you're going through tonight. The Lord knows your heart and your mind, and your soul tonight. Amen. Can I say he cares? Everybody at the pool here has been seeing this man for 38 years. And most of them have been there every time. But who cares? Let the old man die. Let him just lay there and die. What's the problem? He's going to die soon enough. There are a lot of people there. There are a lot of people that knows. The people see, the people know, but nobody cares about this guy. But I can't I tell you, the master, the master cared about this guy. He sees, he knows. And he cares. He cares. I know he cares. Let me show you how, how, to, how he demonstrates his care. He saw him. He knew him. He approached him. And he made the first move. He wasn't waiting for the man to make the first move. Jesus makes the first move. He walked over and said, let me ask you a question. I got a question to ask you. Can you imagine this man laying there? been there for 38 years. Thinking, what in the world can this man ask me? Wilt thou be made whole? Really? Really? Did you not know where you at? 
when the waters stir, the angels stir in the water, I try my best to get in. Uh, why do you think I'm here? I'm here because I want to be made whole. Will thou be made whole? It's, it's between Jesus and this man. man. Will thou be made whole? For 38 years, he laid on the porch of mercy. You can come here and hear the singing, hear a sermon. Longing for your soul, your soul's longing for it. Your soul and your heart's longing for it. You're looking, you're searching for something. But you're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. You don't even know why you're here, but you came because you're looking and searching for something. You heard the words, will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? But he says, I have a problem. I don't have anybody to put me in the water. I don't have anybody to help me to get into the water. By the time I struggle, there's always someone steps in before me. There's always someone who beats me into the water. But can I say, the master does not work that way. He's, he knows, he sees, he cares, and he's able. Yes, he's aware. Yes, he's affected. Yes, he's available. He's also, Jesus not only sees and not only uh, he knows, and not only does he care, but he's uh, able to do what he said he could do. He's all-powerful. He said, well, Thou be made whole. You don't need anybody. Nobody has to put you in the water. I asked you a question. Will thou be made whole? You don't need the angel to stir the water. You don't need to be in the pool of Bethesda. You don't need that. All you need is the authority of my word. Rise and take up thy bed and walk. And, and immediately, immediately, it wasn't sometimes later, it wasn't a, a, a convenient, they had to get together and approve the authority. Jesus says, rise and take up thy bed and walk. And the Bible says immediately there was no hesitation. The man jumped up and grabbed his stuff and walked. I love where he went to, straight into the temple. All those, <laughs> all those people that walked by him uh, wouldn't give him the time of day, uh, walked by him, wouldn't help him in. Uh, hey, he could have said, hey, somebody help me in the house of mercy. Somebody help me in the temple. Nobody would give this man a hand. And yet here he comes walking into the temple of God, praising God because he's taken up his bed and walking. They say, who did that? Who did that? Man out there that asked me, would I be made whole? And I said, well, yeah, why, certainly. And he says, take up thy bed and walk. I got up and I took my bed up and I walked. There was no hesitation. 
I didn't say, hey, let me, let me think about that. Uh, uh, get back to me later. I, I really want to ponder this. No, immediately I got up. You may have been missing something in your life. And the first time in your life, he's doing what the body is said to do. You're doing something that you've never been able to do. Whatever's got you bound up, whatever's got you chained up, and, and by the authority of God, by the word of Jesus, all he has to do is speak the words, and it breaks loose the bonds, and it breaks loose the chains, and he says, take up thy bed and woe. Whatever's bounding you up, whatever's gotten you down, whatever's gotten you messed up, Jesus can speak the authority over you. And I'm telling you, you've got it right here in your hand, is the word of God, the authority of God to do what whatever he wants to do in your life. It's the spoken word of God. We need to have faith in what he said. Let me just say this. If you can explain what happened to your life, that's not faith. If God breaks the chains in your life, breaks the bonds in your life, and you can't explain it, and then you say... It had to be God. It had to be God. Because if you can do it, it ain't God. If I can do it, it ain't God. It's something that's going on in your life that Jesus says, hey, break loose, rise up and go. That's the authority of Jesus. When everything's done, it's Jesus that spoke that word in your life that got you cleansed, that made you whole, and now you got your life unpacked. And if he said it, that settled it. Not have to worry about somebody coming up and say, well, no, you can't, you can't do that. I, I love these modern day Christians, but that ain't how we act in church. We're prim, we're proper, we're snooty. We've got our nose in the air. If it rains, we'll drown. I'm just telling you, I don't want nothing like that. I, I want to be in a place where the word of God is spoken and the authority of God is in my life and around. I, I love coming to church where Jesus Christ is here. We might not have him here physically, but we have the word of God. And that's powerful. Whatever's got you down, whatever you're going through, whatever you're fighting against, whatever battle you're going in, the spoken word is for you. Amen. Will thou be made whole? Why, certainly. And take your bed up and walk. I certainly will. And I love he went straight into the temple. <laughs> All those religious people that are looking at him. Wasn't you the man laying out there? Yeah, I've been out there for 38 years. Nobody offered to help me in here. Come on, that how many <laughs> how many sinners you come in contact with every day and not offering? Not offering. What are you saying? Wait, 38 years he's been laying there waiting for somebody to give him a hand. All they had to do was get him in the house of God. Didn't nobody do that. I, I want to be in a place where everybody's mindset is I want to help those who need help. Amen. And then I want to go to the house of God and tell everybody how God, God changed my life. Amen.
I don't know about you, but Jesus has changed my life. And I'm so glad of it tonight. Amen. Amen.